Good evening. And here we meet you once again at the Discover Design Forum, uh, sponsored by JS Institute of Design. Uh, today we have a very interesting speaker with us with a very, very novel topic, which many of us were not very well aware of. And that's the reason we have brought him here today. But before that, let me quickly welcome you all. I'm really happy to see you guys here. Uh, today is a Thursday. Every alternate Thursday, you are aware, we organize the Discover Design webinar for you. Um, the Discover Design webinar is meant to inform you uh, the nuances of design in many ways. Of course, it's a knowledge forum. It's a forum where a lot of new topics are introduced to you and we introduce you to the experts in the topic. Today we bring to you Bioenergetic Architecture, Space Design for Well-Being by Raman Wake. So welcome Raman, I'm really happy to see you here today. And GS Institute of Design once again brings you a speaker who really has a very, very interesting journey. We are gonna talk about it, but before that, um, Nen Xiao, my name is Nen Xiao. Uh, I'm the academic head at JS Institute of Design, and I welcome you once again. So a quick uh, backup uh, introduction, background introduction to Raman. Um, he's the principal architect and also is known as a building biologist. Very, very interesting. We don't know enough about it. And that's why he's here to introduce to us what that means. He's also the founder of Bioenergetic Architecture, which is architecture for well-being. Uh, it just means space design for well-being, for harmony, and many other things. He's based out of New Delhi. Um, and Bioenergetic Architecture is a design consultancy and, and a mentoring initiative. Okay, to give you some more words on it, this particular uh, platform, the Bioenergetic Architecture, aspires to integrate the knowledge of subtle energies of space and human biofields. Raman will want to know more about that. Uh, this is a layer of architectural design with the objective to facilitate health, happiness, and harmony in the lives of the people through space design. He's done a lot of research in this work. He also mentors design studios, which offer architectural design consultancy and conducts talks and workshops in the fields of building biology, Vedic architecture, biogeometry, and domains related to space design and wellness. I mean, there are many more things you'll get to know about him as he speaks. But in the meantime, I do want to point out that he has... Besides a lot of work, he also likes to spend his leisure time following his passion for reading, nature walks, traveling, and sketching. So, so aligned to the kind of work you are doing. But, um, okay, I will invite Raman soon, but let me remind you, participants, uh, you can ask any questions as, you, as we go ahead in the presentation. Please put down your questions in the Q&A. We will take it up once Raman finishes his presentation and he'll be ready to answer many things. So welcome once again, Raman. Um, please go ahead, a little bit about yourself and a lot about your work. 
Thank you, Nen. Thank you for inviting me over uh, to this platform. And good evening to all of you and welcome uh, to this late afternoon webinar. I know that uh, uh, the mood can be a little slow and sleepy, so I'm going to try my best to uh, keep it lively and energetic with videos and visuals. Okay. Uh, this is a, a very special evening for me because uh, I'm aware that uh, some of the senior colleagues from the field, some of my teachers and some of my mentors who have blessed me and with their love and uh, knowledge, including my very first mentor, my mother, they have joined today. So pranam to all of you. And I'll begin with the uh, journey down the memory lane. And uh, uh, I'll take a couple of minutes to talk about my 25 years of journey in architecture by showing some of these projects. These are some of the projects that I have been a part of over past couple of decades. Some of these were done as a senior associate and later associate director with RSP India and uh, others as design principal with Studio Lotus. I've been very fortunate to have been involved in a vast variety of projects. Many of them have been green buildings. Some of them have been gold rated, some platinum rated. Some went on to win national awards and uh, some of them have also won international acclaim. And I'll just show you some of the projects quickly. This is Krishi Bhavan a project very close to my heart. It was runners up at the World Architectural Festival in 2019. And just last month, it uh, got uh, another prestigious international award, uh, the EZ 2020 uh, People's Choice Winner Award in the category of Buildings for Social Good. There were almost uh, uh, 127 entries globally. And uh, Mm, there were four finalists and uh, Krishi Bhavan stood out and full credit goes to the team at Studio Lotus. Uh, and I'm privileged to have been a part of uh, this project with them uh, as a design principal. NetNet, uh, -net, it has been the most gratifying journey of designing spaces for over two decades with a lot of square footage, with a lot of diversity, uh, and having worked with a lot of great people. But today I'm not going to talk about any of these projects, but they are still very relevant because it's these projects which have laid ground to what I'm going to talk about, which is bioenergetic architecture. So I'll quickly tell you how this came by, how bioenergetic came by in my life. So these are three pillars of design, fermitas, utilitas, vinistas, and most of uh, us who are familiar with design in any manner, they are not only relevant in building field, but they apply to all design aspects, uh, would know about it. These are the triad framed by Vitruvius around 1 BC. And subsequently, some of us who have been in field would also know that there are three other features which are 
very predominant in any any design aspect cost time and quality and of late in past two decades two other aspects this environment sustainability has become very centric to most of the narratives so for me also over past 20 years these six or seven aspects have been centric to the work that i have been doing and it was just few years ago that i realized that i had not really touched anybody's life in a way that mattered to me and that was the beginning of search for architecture for health happiness and harmony and the idea to create happiness the architecture of well-being so that's how this journey began and i'm going to share with you uh, what is bioenergetic architecture first i'll just tell you this bioenergetic word itself means it's the science of energy exchange between living systems and their environment and taking a cue from the same thing when we relate it to the space that became the idea on which bioenergetic architecture was founded in april 2019 because it's a multi-dimensional project uh, subject what i'm trying to do is uh, share with you four stories uh, with some videos clippings and after each story i leave you with some thoughts the idea is that even these four stories may look disjointed at first but eventually they'll all come together seamlessly to give you an idea holistic idea of what bioenergetic architecture is all about so uh, uh, i i would also urge you uh, to keep your uh, pen and paper ready for any kind of uh, questions i'll definitely take them at the end of the session so let's uh, start our journey on uh, exploring what is architecture of well-being and i I'll, I'll definitely add here that perhaps we would not be looking at design in its conventional way today my intention is to share with you the perspectives about the reality which i have learned over past years and my success for the evening would be that if i can create a sense of curiosity in you in looking at reality from a new perspective because my belief is that the moment our perspective about reality changes our sense to towards designing for it evolves simultaneously so let's start with the first story for the day we shape our buildings and thereafter our buildings shape us this was a sentence that i came across right in the first semester at uh, school of planning and architecture many years ago and this forms the basis of the questions that kept coming to my mind that can buildings actually affect us that much if they do then how and what is the language of communication between our body and the buildings how to decode this language can we really design positive spaces and if yes then how the answer to this when i started my research came from the words of nikola tesla who said if you wish to understand the universe think of energy frequency and vibration and similar thing was resonated when einstein said everything is energy and there is all there is to it match the frequency of the reality you want and you cannot help but get that it can be no other way this is not philosophy this is physics i'll just show you a small clipping 
and then we'll move forward because it's a beautiful clipping and i have i have taken these clipping from open source with gratitude to all those uh, people who have made these because they help explain uh, in totality what bioenergetic architecture deals with Universal language, the foundation of all creation, is light. Light is the sound, Raman, which can be seen as specific shapes. These shapes are geometry. Geometry is defined as the blueprint of our universe. The underlying principle being mathematics, form, and rhythm. I think you have a problem with the sound. No, we can hear it. No. You can hear the sound? Is it still on? I can't hear it now. No, no, no. I have just muted it just to reconfirm if you are able to hear it. Yes, we were. All matter, all elements come from this alphabet of simple shapes. Starting with the circle, the mother of all creation, with no beginning and no end. The circle, when replicating itself in order to experience relationship, forms the vesica Pisces. If it continues to repeat itself in this way, it forms the pattern from which all creation is birthed, the flower of life. This pattern, this language can be seen in nature, music, architecture, astrology, and your DNA. They all communicate in this universal language represented by the patterns of geometry. Through forming a conscious communion with this universal language of energetic patterns, we begin to unlock dormant potential within ourselves, which lies sleeping deep within our divine human instruments. Human beings are bioelectrical systems made up of cell membranes, which can be thought of as minuscule antenna, able to detect, translate, and utilize this geometric language of light. Each cell in our body acts as a broadcaster, receiving and transmitting the energy which flows through the environment in order to produce charge. Everything in our environment carries an electromagnetic field, an EMF, invisible to the human eye. Environmental exposures to artificial EMFs can interact with fundamental biological processes in the human body. We receive EMFs from our sun and our earth, which sync harmoniously with our natural frequency. Our bodies, however, not able to differentiate between natural EMFs and man-made EMFs, causing a frequency pollution in our atmosphere and throwing our bodies out of their natural alignment. So we saw a lot about this word vibration being talked about. And uh, I'm sure each one of us is also familiar with this experience that you, we, we move into a space, some new space. And even though it's a very beautifully designed place, but we are not comfortable. Some part of us is not really at ease. And that's when we say, I'm not getting a good vibe here. And vice versa, we might go to a very modest space and we feel very energized. So we, are, we experientially know that there's something more to a place and its relation with us than just the sensory perception. 
So let's go a little deeper into what these vibrations are and how do they work because that will be a very good basis of understanding this. I'll introduce you to this law of vibration, which says nothing rests, everything moves, everything vibrates. Matter is merely energy in a state of vibration. Everything has its own vibrational frequency, each object and even our thoughts and intention. Now, taking you further, you may be, uh, some of us may be familiar with the word resonance uh, because it comes very, uh, it's very relevant to the discussion of vibration, how objects of different frequencies impact each other. And for this, I'll take us, show you a small clipping. <laughs> These are met called metronomes. And now you can see they are all moving with some, they have been given different vibrations. Just observe them. There's a time I have adjusted in between. Just look at the right one, extreme right one. There's one which is out of sync. So there are certain interesting takeaways from this experiment. We, it seemed all the metronomes were communicating with each other somehow. And eventually all achieved a common vibrational frequency. The lone metronome with a different frequency eventually resonated with all others. And interesting part is we are not much different from the metronomes. We also get impacted by the predominant vibrations around us. And some of us, uh, must be remembering our, uh, uh, you know, parents telling us in the childhood, uh, Jesse Sangat Vesi Rangat. You know, this is exactly the same thing. The manner, whether it's people or whether it's environment, whatever we surround ourselves with, it's, we start uh, vibrating at the same level eventually. And this was a small demonstration of the same thing. Now, since we are into the field of design and we're curious to know, how do these vibrations impact design? Let's ask this question, do vibrations have shape and form? And there's a whole subject called cymatics and some of you must be aware of these, even this clipping, but I'll, I'll, I'll show it nonetheless so that we can uh, take it forward from here.
you'll notice on the bottom left, as the value of frequency increases, the complexity of the pattern also increases. So now there's a question that if every frequency has a particular shape, does it mean that every shape would also have a particular frequency to it? And that's something that we can keep it as at the back of our mind as we go forward. Because ultimately our question is about well-being, about relationship of human beings and vibrations. So let us put ourselves this question, how do vibrations impact human beings? And here I would bring your attention to the word aura. Some of us would be familiar with this, or many of us have seen a halo around some of uh, sages. And we have in our own tradition known that there is a life energy, which is known as pran shakti. And now the Western science has also started to recognize it and they have given it a field of uh, name of biofield. They say biofield is a matrix of natural electromagnetic fields that connect cell tissues, organs and serve as the main communication network and regulator of life. Essentially, Dr. Beverly Rubik says we need to understand that we are electrical beings. Energy imbalances and blockages can occur in our biofield due to trauma, stress, deficiency and a lot of electronic devices. This is most important. When cells are not able to communicate properly, disease happens. And now we have got cameras by which we, we are able to map this invisible sort of invisible field or biofield or aura around a person. And on the left hand side, you can see a very regular aura and it becomes distorted due to any kind of influence arising from the factors that I shared with you earlier. The biofield within our body is managed through energy meridians and hubs. And most significant of are the seven energy hubs. Some of you may be aware they are called as chakras and they are given a certain color. Now these chakras, they correspond with the network of nerves, also called as nerve plexus at various parts of the human body. And each nerve plexus is responsible for the functioning of the organs of that region. Interestingly, a disease is known to appear as a disruption of corresponding chakra six to eight weeks before it manifests on the physical level. Now, what does it mean? Any positive or negative influence of the environment will first appear as a good or bad health of energy chakra. Remember, we, we started this story with a question in mind that what is the mode of communication between human body and the environment. And now we are getting some clues because each chakra also corresponds to a certain frequency, as you can see. <coughs> and if we were to recap this story, everything in our environment, all forms, colors, shapes, objects, including people, their thoughts, their intentions is communicating with our biofield. And this is happening continuously at the subtle level. And our biofield is also influenced by the vibration and information fields of our built environment, 
and the earth and cosmic energies. And here we are going to look at well-being from a very holistic point of view, not only physical or mental, we are going to look at energetic well-being because that's the basis of the physical and mental well-being. We can control the effect of environment on our biofield by controlling the cause through space, sound, colors, geometry, and even conscious intent. And that is the science behind bioenergetic architecture. So this was my first story. And you would have noticed in the clipping earlier that uh, it was mentioned that artificial EMFs, they impact us. My second story deals with something called as EMRs or EMFs, electromagnetic radiations or electromagnetic fields. Today, each one of us absorbs as much EMRs in 30 seconds as our grandparents absorbed in their entire lives. This is a very important data to come to terms with. And it's increasing continuously. And now with 5G, I cannot even talk about what we are going to say, uh, 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 land up with. But in past uh, 10 years, it is said that the amount of EMR that we are exposed to has increased a trillion times. And what Environment Health Trust has said is immediate need for precautionary approach to protect the public. And this is not only affecting us, it has, it affects all living beings. And this is a species that I saw in my childhood. We hardly see it now, many of these birds are getting extinct. So there's a small video talking about this. You know, I agree with this, but I also disagree with this. I agree that a visible spectrum is uh, seen by us, but what's also happening is that there is an invisible spectrum which is felt by our cells, and you are aware of that. You know, we have infrared heating systems, and we know that sun gives UV light, which uh, which generates our hormones. So it's the entire spectrum of EMRs affects our cellular mechanism. And this is something that is very important. And I want to just, uh, you know, it's not a live audience. I cannot see a raise of hands, but in all my talks I've seen uh, when I ask this question, 
how many of us have experienced that you know we leave the car and we forget whether we have locked it or not you know that instantaneous uh, loss of memory you pick up your phone and suddenly you forget uh, whom you wanted to make a call to or you enter a room and suddenly you forget why you had entered that room you know this is becoming a very common phenomenon over the years and if you see this article in a journal way back in 1990 which said that the cause of alzheimers or the eventuality of alzheimers and autism increases by 3 to 4 times due to exposure to emf and this was done way back in 1990 when even cellular uh, revolution hadn't even started and we are now feeling the impact of it in real time look at this blood analysis on the left hand side is the way our rvcs you know they are, they, they carry the oxygen that they are uh, the way they are on the left hand side without exposure to emr or the cell phone and after 5 minutes of cell phone usage they take the shape on the right hand side that means they 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 join together there's a rolio formation now the moment they join together their surface area reduces and the ability to exchange oxygen drastically falls down this is the mri test and you see this is these are the slices the section and elevations of our uh, brain on the left hand side is the brain uh, showing the state of blood vessels and you see a lot of yellow and yellow is good healthy and just after exposure to emr it turns to what it is on the right hand side which is red and black which is unhealthy this is a data uh, of response of re residents living in vicinity of a cellular phone this is from a france i have got an indian data also but you see fatigue headaches difficulty in concentrations memory loss depression feeling of discomfort they reduce drastically the moment we move far away from the source of emr and this is very important uh, that an independent study in sweden concluded that there was an astonishing 420% increase in chance of getting brain cancer for cell phone users who were teenagers or younger when they started using the phone and there are many many schools in europe which have banned wifi in schools and you know you can see this uh, website below or you can also i i have put a blog on my website also which gives reference to all these white papers and these sites which will tell you more about this because this is not an information that comes very easily up front in the public domain but some thoughts from this story is the original purpose of building was to protect human beings from danger danger of weather wild animals and even fellow human beings that's how it all started how can building in 21st century play similar role to protect us from new age danger of man made radiations and does it also involve a relook into our lifestyle and personal choices let me move to story number 3 which is also my favorite story water is a fluid computer and if water could talk water has memory experiments done in many countries around the world have shown that water receives and makes an imprint of any outside influence 
remembering everything that occurs in the space that surrounds it. As it records information, water acquires new properties, yet its chemical composition remains unchanged. molecules are organized. We can see how water molecules join together into groups. These are called clusters. Scientists came up with the idea that these clusters work as memory cells of a certain sort, in which water records the whole history of its relationship with the world, as if on magnetic tape. People don't think when you turn on the light, the water is changing. When you turn on the electric field from the power lines, the water meeting. So that is the direction of research. The water, of course, remains water, but its structure, like a nervous system, reacts to any irritation. The stability of the cluster structures confirm the hypothesis that water is capable of recording and storing information. It may be the single most malleable computer which it's like a computer memory. It's the memory of information. In 1995, Dr. Emoto Masaru was the first one to record musical impressions on water. In Dr. Emoto Masaru's laboratory, they allowed water to listen to music, after which they flash froze the water. And then, under the microscope, they could clearly see the crystals that the water had formed. Here's what the music of Bach looks like. Mozart. Somebody said, thank you. You know, when I learned about this aspect of water, I was really moved. And I'm going to share with you some experiment that I did recently with structured water and seed germination. So all of us fami are familiar with, uh, in Navratras, we grow these, uh, these seeds. So it's the same experiment I did. 
and uh, nine similar seeds were put uh, in two places and they were put at the same location, same light, same amount of water. One was given a normal tap water, the other was given a structured water. And this is how the rate of growth of the seeds has been recorded for fourth day, sixth day, on the eighth day, on the ninth day. Well, I took readings after nine days and then mapped them and saw that there is uh, an amazing 50% more growth rate with the structured water and all the nine seeds germinated in structured water and five of the nine seeds germinated in normal water. You know, these are small, I cannot say this is a conclusive experiment. These are small investigations I keep on doing because I recently, uh, uh, you know, got a, a structured water uh, instrument because I've been looking for it and such devices with, uh, which are related to all aspects of bioenergetic uh, architecture, eventually they have to form solutions for our design and building industry. So structured water unit is something that uh, I started using. Now it's interesting that in our traditions, all traditions across the globe have got water in some way or the other. In a Vedic tradition, there are mantras which are read and holding the water. And mantras are nothing but sound energy. And those frequencies get embedded into that water. And human beings are known to be comprising of about 70% of water. And suddenly there's a resonance. It seems that our ancestors understood the ability of water as information carrier. With more than 70% of our body weight made of water, how can we integrate water in our lives in such a manner using design that its ingrained memory can energize us besides using it for landscape or just quenching our thirst? And the final story for the day is the pyramids. I'm sure each one of us would have heard something about it, but let's look at it quickly. With the largest standing and incredible 144 feet high, tall, and weighing in at over 55 tons. This Russian pyramid is a modern wonder. Many different experiments are being done using these pyramids. They include studies in medicine, ecology, agriculture, physics, and health sciences. What is significant about this work is that it is being carried out by top scientists in Russia and Ukraine and not fringe elements or unknown inventors. Some of the amazing pyramid power research being done is showing great promise for all mankind. You may find this hard to believe, but some of the results include water inside the pyramid that will remain liquid to minus 40 degrees Celsius, but freeze instantly if bumped in any way. There are reports of spontaneous charging of capacitors. Seismic activity near the pyramid research areas are reduced in severity and size and even to a non-existent point in some areas. Violent weather also appears to decrease in the vicinity of the pyramids. And there has also been a study into improved regeneration of tissue in humans. And amazingly, they have built one of these things where there was a hole in the ozone and it appears to have fixed it. And it was in 2018 that a research was carried out in the Great Pyramid of Giza. 
and scientists found that the pyramid concentrates electric and magnetic energy in its chambers and below the base giving rise to distinct pocket of higher energy now the thoughts that come after seeing this is how can we integrate the power of pyramids in our space and build design effectively is it possible that like pyramids all other volumes also have some kind of energy channelizing properties can we explore these energy channeling properties of 3d shapes and 2d patterns which is also called as biogeometry to incorporate in our space design so as to have a positive impact on our well-being so we i'll just recap these four stories we talked about biofields and how we are always getting affected by the vibrations of our space and many other things around us we talked about how emrs have increased a lot and they are impacting us we talked about vitalized water and we talked about shapes and pyramids and interestingly there are many other stories there is a paucity of time i cannot show you all the all of them but geopathic stress indo climate universal mathematics sleep directions circadian rhythms plant energy consciousness vocs colors frequencies biogeometry vedic vastu natural materials and creating radiation free zones are just some of the other aspects and all these aspects have to do with design and all of them have ability to impact our well-being at the most subtle level the big question is can we design spaces integrating the bioenergetic principles and that precisely was the quest when i started bioenergetic architecture that integrate shapes and forms through biogeometry pyramids it integrates precepts of building biology it integrates universal mathematics and that's a very interesting subject in itself basic precepts of vedic vastu which was again based on subtle energies and climatic concerns consciousness and natural biofields colors frequencies water and grounding now there's a lot to be talked about but i'll just limit myself for this webinar to these four stories and this is how everything is becoming a part of a protocol based systematic way to design and bring it as a layer of design in architecture so as to create spaces that facilitate health happiness and harmony i'll i'll just talk a little bit about building biology because it's a new subject so uh, you see building biology is something that falls at the junction of nature human beings and architecture and it deals with all the aspects of interior spaces right from the electrical fields radioactivity magnetic fields formaldehydes vocs noise levels co2 level geopathic radiations humidity ventilation dust and more and dr anton schneider who is the founder who, who this this was founded by dr anton schneider after in 1960s uh because a lot of building activity was happening and new materials were added and there was a rise in disease and that's when he started experimenting and it has been researched over past 70 years and they have given now formed standard you know these are these are i just picked some of the standards to show that now these are the standards which we can follow 
for many aspects, all the aspects you, uh, you uh, saw in the earlier slide, which are healthy and which are severe. So it's a very interesting subject that needs, which has a direct bearing on the way we design our spaces. So how would I view architecture in the coming decade? I think the best precepts of the architecture, the way the space design, interior design, that has been happening from Fermitas, Utilitas, and Inustas will continue. Perhaps we could add a layer of the knowledge of well-being to it to achieve architecture of health, happiness, and harmony. So if I was to answer why bioenergetic architecture, I would say create architecture of well-being, understand that buildings impact our biology, address the unprecedented radiation challenge, and celebrate and systematically incorporate rich, uh, rich Vedic science of well-being in our design. And what is it? It's a dimension of architectural design that deals with the relationship of built spaces and human well-being. It employs holistic design approach and protocols to design spaces which enhance and reinforce human biofield. It offers a methodology of space design that is based on underlying principles of matter, energy, and life itself, rooted in multiple sciences like biophysics, building biology, cymatics, along with age-old tradition wisdom of Indian Sapatya Vigyan, Vedic Vastu Ayadi. And how a bioenergetic would include the, these diverse 18 precepts. Some of them I have talked about, but there are so many others which have come seamlessly together in a way that they can be made integrated into space design, interior design, architecture, any kind of built environment. So I'll, I'll quickly show you that how a recently done project includes this. This is a house uh, I recently did uh, in Ayodhya. And uh, you see just uh, some of the precepts. Naturally, we'll, we'll only apply the ones which are relevant to a particular projects. And uh, I'll show you, you know, quickly. It was a project which uh, is not aligned. You can see the north is not aligned to the main road. And uh, cardinal directions are very important. And this is, our, you know, Padvinyas as per Vastu, which helps us decide, you know, which are the good directions to what kind of activity, where to enter the house. There are certain things which are more important than the others. The client had given me a very nice explicit brief. And then we went into a series of iterations. And finally, we created an alignment to the true north. Mind you, true north, not the magnetic north. So we balanced out the declination for that location and found the true north. And then used some very pure forms and vastu and created field-free zones to finally come up with a solution which looks something like this. And uh, I think uh, I'll just show this clipping, which explains it better.
You know, I could go on talking about bioenergetic architecture on and on, but uh, uh, I uh, hope to give a glimpse of this field and what uh, we are trying to do in this. Uh, there's a lot of uh, information uh, which I've tried to put on this website. You could visit it, you could register on to get the updates. There are some investigations and projects also available here. And uh, also, if you want to be linked uh, with me through WhatsApp and other social media, just send in a request. Uh, and uh, these are some of the mediums you could uh, check out also. So that's all from my, my end. Uh, Nan, over to you. Thank you, Raman. Wow, this was this has been such an intense, intense session. Uh, uh, and let me also um, let you know, Raman, there are many, many questions around this, of course, most. And I too have a whole list of questions. So if you're not able to cover it now, we will have to have another session. But I'm very sure uh, there are curiosities which need to be fulfilled. So if you are ready, if you'd like to have a glass of water before that, I'm going to start asking you questions and these are all from our viewers. So let's start with the first one. Um, there's a question from Ria. Can we incorporate bioenergetic architecture in the tourism industry? What about complex and aquarium buildings? Uh, interestingly, just uh, last month, I finished a wellness resort in uh, Rishikesh. I have not presented that because uh, of, uh, you know, uh, the reasons of uh, NDA. But definitely, I think uh, bioenergetic architecture can find its application in any aspect, any aspect of building as a layer of design. And I would say, especially in uh, uh, hospitality, of course, yes. But I would say residences, workplaces, hospitals, schools, are on the top of the list where we tend to spend more time. Okay. However, in wellness resorts, 
it can find a lot of application because uh, we are giving all the amenities to the guests which relate to the physical well-being mm -hmm. and even mental well-being this thing can enhance the energetic well-being right thank you i hope ria you do find your answers in in what ramans just said okay another question comes from vp nayak how can we deal with access to things like 5g since it's not a choice anymore well we have we are going to be surrounded by it where can we access uh, the building biology standards okay so uh, first uh, question is about 5g believe yes. me 5g is a menace that is my personal opinion uh, people can differ whatever research i have done so far it's a it's a catastrophe waiting to be uh, to happen and we are all going to welcome it with open arms because it is being thrown at us in that manner we do not need cars that are self driving we do not need two second zip of downloads these are things that we are sold but eventually at what we suffer with you have to just see that over 10 past two decades what has been the rate of rise in cancer and autism and alzheimers and they are being related directly to emr now coming to your question there is a very big movement globally happening uh, uh, to stop 5g please check out uh, websites on my website also i have put a blog specifically giving the links to such websites wherein you can go join hands with them i had started my initiative at my level with government of india asking them them about their criteria of how safety is being looked at and i have been following it i have got some revertal but the issue is i mean the answer was not surprising we usually in these matters look westwards we have been looking westwards ever since 5g is being we we know the interests which are behind it so uh, the the uh, i i cannot say that you know uh, there are anything convincing that came my way that uh, how they are looking at 5g but i'll also tell you that emrs uh, i i could not cover that in the presentation today but a very simple thing for protection against emr is grounding just uh spend about 15 20 minutes if you can barefoot on the ground you know it has got such power to uh neutralize our system which gets charged not only due to emr but even sitting for long hours in front of uh gadgets you know the static that gets built up on our uh, body that gets this uh, discharged effectively mm -hmm. but this is not the only solution and uh i think i cannot give you a solution i can only say that this is something that awareness we are still at a thre threshold level there are uh, villages in switzerland where this was tried and there was catastrophic results and the entire community stood by and told the mayor that we do not want 5g this is happening if you google you will find these things and i feel that public awareness is a right way at this point of time right so i i think in a small effort by bringing bioenergetic 
architecture or understanding of bioenergetic, I hope our participants are going to get more curious, inquire more, and perhaps find the voice to make your decisions clear. So, um, well, that's it. There's Supriya has a question for you. How can we control the electromagnetic radiations while designing buildings, considering well-being of humans? Okay, while designing buildings is very, very tricky because we do not control what is outside our plot. You know, overnight there are towers which just come and they are there. But I'll tell you that there is extensive, it's, it's very, very uh, impactful study. Uh, there is a, there's a Vedic plaster that is being used with gypsum and cow dung. And you'll be surprised that of all the things, cow dung has ability to uh, neutralize, to insulate from uh, various kinds of radiations effectively. Uh, but there are also anti-radiation paints available uh, most of them are made abroad, but they are now being available uh, locally also. However, I think your question deals with what we can do with our building. I would say don't use Wi-Fi. If you cannot control the outside source, at least not generate Wi-Fi. Then comes the big question, how do we live in today's world? So the answer is very simple. In fact, I'll take liberty here and then if you allow me, I had kept a slide I think would be here uh, shortly, uh, which is, uh, uh, can you see my slide? No, you'll uh, have to share it. I, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, I'll just reshare. I want to share with everybody a few tips you can do to just protect yourself from uh, EMRs. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, this is uh, something which will be of use to you. You know, follow the principles of reduced usage and increased distance. Mm -hmm. So at nighttime, putting the cell phone on airplane mode, daytime also not keeping it on your body because all these radiations, they follow inverse square law. So keep the distance. Use hands-free. Do not keep uh, the phone right next here. Try to use these air, uh, you know, there are these uh, air tube earphones available or put it on the speaker phone, but keep it at a distance. <clears throat> use landline whenever possible. And for Wi-Fi, don't use Wi-Fi, use uh, RF45. These are the LAN cables. These are the old timers. I mean, it doesn't look fancy, but we don't need Wi-Fi at all. We can have these points uh, at our tables, workspaces. Not only they protect us, they give us a better uh, speed also. Put, on your, put off your cell phone definitely at nighttime when the body is recuperating. We do not want any additional pressure on the body at that time. And uh, keep your Wi-Fi of cell phone and uh, laptop switched off, Bluetooth switched off when you don't need it. Because these devices are also sending out signals. So like I said, you cannot control the outside. At least we can minimize what we are generating. So using hardwire and uh, yes, I would definitely say install a monitor, app monitor on your phone to track your own usage. Because see, these are things are addictive in nature. Each one of us is using hours of cell phone. Just an awareness of this will make many of us realize how we can reduce it. And it can be done. Like I, I, I use my cell phone uh, uh, seven or eight times. 
switch it on, see it, use it. So there's a way we can use technology without getting it harmed. I hope that could be of some help. Please carry on. Wow, Raman, I'm very sure something's going to happen to me because this is none of these are things I follow at all. And I'm very sure all of us are in that boat. I just hope uh, if we start following it, we are going to add on a few more years to how we live and perhaps happily uh, with better state of mind. Anyway. No, more than the number of years, it's the quality of life that's more important. How good those years are, it's more important. Absolutely. Uh, uh, we are really going to start curiously looking into it. Many um, more questions uh, again. So one question from Rashi Jaiswal. Can we make structured water without electronics by using energy therapies, uh, therapies like Reiki? Reiki. Ah, of course, there are many ways and I cannot say whether that would be structured water, but like you said, uh, I'm just sharing my understanding. Reiki, pranic healing, they have ability to bring in that positive energy and if, if you know these sciences, you would know what color to use and how to charge it. However, uh, non-electronically, uh, the devices which I am using, and uh, th these are devices which are now available after a lot of search, I found a, a, a vendor who is importing uh, and manufacturing also, finally. These are non-electronic gadgets. Idea is that they, <coughs> with their mechanism inside, create the vortex nature of the original waterfall mm -hmm. back into that thing. So you, you saw that, you know, the water is losing its structure because of the right angle turns. So these devices, and this is what I have, you know, used now. And uh, you saw that experiment, which I showed you with the seeds. So that's something that I'm now trying. So these gadgets are available. At the same time, I've also done experiments with not only Reiki and uh, pranic healing, but even chanting Om into a ball of water, three people around it. And then you look and you measure it with various uh, subtle energy gadgets, uh, instruments, and its energy increases. So you can see from this scientific thing that water is absorbing a lot of our intention. You saw that uh, slide which said, a water molecule just said, thank you. You know what's happening? It's not the word which it's catching, it's the intention which is going and it's altering the molecular structure of the water. So definitely all these devices, uh, these methods, uh, I feel are very positive ways to charge your water. So if nothing else, just hold a glass. And you know, this water that we get, bisleri water, we don't know where it's coming from where it was standing on the roadside, what it was, what memories it was catching. So at least holding it for a while in your hand, you know, hands are also conducting our energy, our biofield. At least it can for 10, 15 seconds, if you just move it or hold it in your hand, it changes it, it aligns it to your body. And then having it is much better. These are simple things. All right. I'll just add one more thing. You know, right now in my glass of water, I have put a, a, a leaf of Tulsi. Very energetic, very powerful. It cleanses. Right. Um, you know, I think this topic on structure of structured water has been very intriguing for many people. I see a lot of questions around it. 
So perhaps I'm just going to give you another one or two. These are linked. What is structured water? How does it make, how does it uh, really keep you healthy? Uh, the other is Google says water can be structured by stirring it for two minutes. When you say structure, do you mean to say it aligns to your vibrations or the vibrations in the room? So that it means it is getting sort of differentiated from what it was earlier. Let me just step back. The, we are, we, when we say structure, it goes by many other names. Uh, they say vitalized water uh, and many other names. But ultimately, in fact, uh, there's, there's a fourth stage of water also by uh, Dr. Pollock. It's very interesting, but it's a longer topic. For this forum, I would say that structured water is taking the water to its original form. The way water in nature exists and nature has got a configuration which is most conducive to the growth of life. And you see, this is amply proven by this seed experiment. Now seeds do not have placebo effect. They cannot think which water is which, but just keep it, keeping them in the same conditions, giving them different water, what is happening? There is one kind of water which has got more configuration or let's say in common language, more vibrations to be conducive to human life form. It's not about you and me or the place. It's about something that makes life prosper as we know it. And that's where not only structured water, grounding, exposure to sunlight and all the five elements, you know, it's very simple. We just need simple ways to reconnect ourselves to the five elements because the manner in which we have enclosed ourselves into spaces that's uh, faulty. And, but it has got its advantages. We can change that, but a lot depends on the manner in which we change our lifestyle. We can step out in the sun, we can, can reconnect with nature and all these biorhythms, they get replenished. I hope I could address a part of that. Yes, Raman, I think we need a course in this. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 I do believe there are many architects on this forum and some of these questions come from them or at least they're interested in architecture. Uh, let me ask you one. Do we have to construct buildings which cancel radiations from open environments into our building? And Vinod would like to know that and he wants to know how can we do it? You know, interestingly, uh, we use the word commonly good radiation, bad radiation. Okay. So like I said, EMRs are bad radiation. No, there's nothing bad about it because they, are, they, they have always been there. The natural EMRs are the sunlight. They are coming from the earth. And human body since millions of years, not only human body, all life forms have been attuned to that level of radiations. The problem is we have increased it a trillion times and we are increasing it. Now, evolution takes many million years to adapt to such sudden and abrupt and high change into any conditions. So there are so many radiations which are coming right from the earth, from the cosmos and man-made. 
तो हम किस किस चीज को यू नो यू कैन इंसुलेट योर सेल्फ बिकॉज इवन द लाइफ गिविंग रेडिएशन आर कमिंग फ्रॉम आउटसाइड ना इवन द सनलाइट द फ्रेश एयर द आयनाइज एयर ऑल दैट इज आउटसाइड so somewhere there is no straight answer and we cannot you know envelop ourselves into uh, you know cocoons because that's a problem we have created so we have created problem inside by creating certain spaces which don't breathe and we have created outside problem and unfortunately we call it technical development and technical enhancement <laughs> isn't it paradoxical Wow, uh, Raman! Uh, I can see that there are many, many of our particip participants. They appreciate uh, the knowledge you have been transferring. You have been talking real subject, which is quite new for many of them. Uh, I'm going to take on some more questions, and I can uh, promise you guys uh, that we will be answering all the queries. If not today, we would be in touch with you to definitely answer many of them. uh there is a very important one asking you what is the difference between multi sensorial architecture and bioenergetic architecture this uh, question comes from madhuri sorry i do not know about multi sensorial oh that's a very short answer sorry about that i do not know about that and very sorry i'll check it out and maybe you drop this uh, uh, and and for all others also you are free to drop uh, Uh, your uh, thoughts your questions on the website whenever i get time i'll try to revert on that please try it. i acknowledge i am on this research path part for uh, past 4 uh, 5 years you know and there's much i also have to learn yeah. what bioenergetic is all about i have shared with you in glimpse much more is available on it on the website perhaps you could you would know better about multisensorial architecture and uh, maybe you can enlighten me better i think we do this keep in touch and do maybe we can, we can learn something together we do need a face to face uh with many of you because you have some very interesting questions but for today unfortunately i will have to really move on because uh i'm sure that these are things which will give us another opportunity to come together i'd like to thank all of you for participating and i do want to let you know that raman and i hope we'll find some time of you raman as well to answer some of these we promise to get back to you with many of these questions uh many of your answers uh but in the meantime thank you very much i'd like to let you know js institute of design is introducing a program in climate responsive architecture it is a part of architecture however of course there are many 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 aspects or domains in architecture which now we are coming across today we learned about bioenergetic it sort of resonates with climate responsive architecture that's how we got to raman in the first place because we were looking for people who could really um, help us enlighten the subject a little more deeply uh, here we have many questions we will get back to you and i want to thank you raman for really bringing us perhaps a very very difficult subject in a very simple manner we we do want to know more about these things and i'm sure people will reach out to you as well but if you'd like to know more you want to reach out to raman through us we are happy to do that as well as raman has given his contact please go ahead uh, 
we do have, as we said, it's a five weekend uh, short term course called Climate Responsive Architecture. And if you need any more information about that, feel free to reach out to us. So thank you very much, Raman. Um, and I have another 10 questions lined up for you besides all these other questions. So we will be in touch. We'll definitely connect uh, offline then. And yeah. thank you very much for, to all of you for being uh, so patient and uh, so curious. And uh, uh, well, I'm on a mission to take this forward. And there are multiple ways I'm already doing it. So would love to join hands. Thank right. you, Nain. And so, Namaskar to all of you. So wish everybody a well, healthy, happy life ahead. And uh, perhaps happy Diwali. I don't know whether we are going to have another one before Diwali, but happy Diwali to everybody. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Good night. <laughs>